privacy in that room that you're in there's it's an open room that has a fireplace in it and the piano and there's several people in here doing their work as well on their laptops okay and will you will you be more subdued or are you able to be yourself more subdued is that by choice or like are you do you sort of just get that way when someone else is around i get that way okay you know, I'm pausing because I'm trying to be quiet because other people are in this room. That's what I mean. Like, yep. you know, the David Hughes I know needs a little room to work. He needs to spread out a little bit. I need to spread out. I have a very big personality, and it's hard to contain it. <laughs> this week is a little different. This week I'm talking to the third listener, and I'm also talking to you, David. To you, the third friend. We're going to get complete on all the things we need to get complete on. Just not this week, but we have them all written down. You'll hear David's notepad during the episode. And we're bringing up an interesting topic this week on Where's the MacGuffin? This was something we talked about months ago. And it happens to be, David, synchronicity, it happens to be exactly what we were scheduled to talk about anyway. That's synchronicity. Uh, and you'll meet Jason this week. Heather and I interviewed him without David. David, as you just heard, he is chaperoning at his son's band camp to support his son, to support the class. So one more thing, third friend, and then I'll turn to you, David. To the third friend, these are moments that I had the idea to save from episodes that I was like, well, this is interesting. This is amusing, but it doesn't fit. or it's too long or something. I never knew if they'd come in handy. I didn't know anything. And then we had all these problems this week. And I actually did have an episode already. And I like it, David. And I'm texting me when you get home. I'm curious what your reaction is. So I told David this story. This is a bit of South America for you. But there's this moment in an old sitcom that kids watch for decades called The Brady Bunch. They had this, this maid who, regardless if you liked or didn't like the show, you kind of can't help but like this spunky, chipper, wisecracking, but in a really gentle, harmless way, a human being. And she had a, a cool energy to her. Her name was Alice. And on this one particular episode, Alice decides she's not appreciated and she leaves. She gets a job as a server in a restaurant. And they get a new housekeeper. Her name is Kay. Alice would always play with the kids. So they're like, Alice would throw the ball around with us. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm busy. Alice would tell us funny stories while we were eating our breakfast. I, I'm making this up. Yeah, okay, well, I, I, have, I have work to do. And finally, the kids said, well, Alice used to do this. She said, hey. I'm not Alice. I'm Kay. And the kids realized in that moment, 
everything can get done just the same way Alice did it. But she's not Alice, the impossible not to love person. She's Kay. And they went down to the restaurant and they convinced Alice to come back. I don't know what happened to Kay. That would be an interesting conversation. I don't know what they said about Kay. Maybe Kay left of her own accord. I don't know. This part's serious. Anybody else, David, would be Kay. I can't do this show without you. But I did create an episode with you without you. So enjoy it, my friend. And text me when you get home. And drive safely, please. Love you. Completion percentage. I don't know why I said that, but I found... Well, I I know why you said that, because you you were under the impression that I was a night stalker going around looking for helpless women. And and I was like, no, I've never gone out looking for helpless... I'm usually in the middle of something, and they've they've come up to me and asked me. (laughs) The night stalker. Next week, are you writing it down, David? Yep, I'm writing it down. Are you going to keep this notepad, David? I'm going to keep the notepad. Okay, because sometimes you've had notes and then something's happened to them. I know. This one's going to be okay, right? I think it's going to be okay. All right, I guess we have it recorded, so. Yeah. (laughs) So is there more for anybody? No, I'm complete. This week in South America. So is it possible that you were feeling exposed, but I didn't get you? You just felt exposed? It's possible. Yeah. Because, Dave, I... I, But not likely. I don't know if we have... Pardon me? But not likely. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh my God. (laughs) And I know neither of us ride roller coasters anymore, but... If you haven't ridden the roller coaster at Edgewater Park, you've never ridden a roller coaster because this thing was scary, not because it did a corkscrew, not because it had some sort of huge drop, because it was falling apart as you walked up. I saw pieces of wood (laughs) falling down in like a mist. And I'm like, oh, I'm actually it's actually going to collapse on me. But dude, I I was in Vegas with my friends and. We, you know, I'm an adult at this point, and we were just hanging out, hanging out, and we decided just we're just trying to figure out what we're going to do during the day until like in the evening or whatever. And uh, one of the hotels has a New York, New York has yes has a roller coaster at the top. And if you look at this thing, it's tiny. It's on the top of a a hotel. It's tiny. And I said to myself, I could ride this roller coaster. I'm with my buddies. We are all going to do it. We're in Vegas, so we did it. And honestly, I thought I was going to die. And I was done for the rest of the day. They went on to hang out. I went back to the hotel and had to lay down. I wasn't back to my normal self until dinner time. I've ridden that roller coaster. And there's a picture of me and my cousin screaming in terror. Because you are on the edge of a hotel. It does not look in any way safe. It looks so ridiculously dangerous that you're out dangling in the middle of nowhere. Yes. I have a. I had a picture of myself with my eyes closed, 
holding on to the bar that goes across your body with a huge vein in the middle of my forehead. <laughs> and everyone was, every, when we get off the roller coaster, you know how they, you can see it up on the big screen. They, they show the photos of people on the roller coaster. They flash mine and people were like pointing. Look at that guy. Look at that guy's vein. Yeah, it was terrifying. Uh, and speaking of holding on, I'm holding on to my point, which is it also sounds like a podcast that might be about like a, a, a comedy of errors that leads to murder or something. Listen. Yeah. This is the accidental murder. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not quite right. Okay, where were we? <laughs> What the uh, hell are we if I don't work myself out of a thought pattern, I will get caught up in like, if I do this, this is going to happen. If I don't do this, this will happen. You know, you see everything's causally connected. Is that what yes. it is? Yes. Yes. Like butterfly effect. Yes. Yes. So if I don't work myself out of it, I'll get up into a loop. I can't do that because this will happen and this will happen and this will happen. I just Oh, because everything's linked. Everything's linked. So sometimes the walks are good just to break myself out of it. And I look around and I go, what a beautiful day. I used to think to myself, I was obsessed with this thought. I was like, okay, so if I leave right now and something I don't want to have happen happens, what if I had left a split second later, not even a full second, just a half a second later? I, I'll do the same thing. Yeah. I let go of that thinking, but I used to think that a lot. Have you ever, like, got your car and have driven home and not remember driving, not remember anything about the drive home? Yes. It used to happen to me all the time. Yeah. I would drive home, pull in my driveway and go, what did I just, where was I? Mm. It's almost like time just got cut and then I was home. There was a movie like that. It was called Looker. It was with Albert Finney and Susan Day from the Partridge Family. You remember her? Oh, I remember Susan Day. <laughs> Me too, David. I think if you were of a certain age, you everybody had a crush on oh, Susan Oh, yeah. Day. I had a crush on her. Yeah, I, I for sure did too. It's a weird movie is all I'll tell you. But they shoot these people with these laser beams of time lapse. You get hit with this and you lose a minute and a half. And it's very much like you described. So like at one point, Albert Finney's driving down the street. He gets hit with this time warp gun. All of a sudden, he's, his car has crashed. He's in a fountain. Wow. Those things that we've done hundreds of times, thousands of times, if our minds are focused on our minds, if our attention is focused on our minds, we're caught up and we don't see the world in front of us. And then in those moments, we have to say, remember, it's a beautiful day. Bring your senses to it. Yep. David, David, David. Let me see if he texted me. Hold on. Well, that sound is recorded for forever. Hold on. What happened? What kind of noise was that? That was terrifying. Uh, just then? <laughs> yes. I hiccuped. I was drinking oh water. Oh, gosh. Sorry. I was so worried. About <laughs> the shit that you were going to say? Is that what you're telling me? A little bit. But let me tell you something. Do you know the story of Die Hard? Do you remember Alan Rickman in Die Hard? No, tell, no, tell me. Oh, this Do you remember the bad guy, Hans Gruber? Do you remember Hans yes! Gruber? Yes! He's okay. legendary. He's one of my favorite. He's a criminal, but I loved him. So if, if you ever want to make me laugh, 
apply that name accurately because I feel like he's the best. <laughs> he's the best named villain in the history of movies. Hans, so you're like, yes. Why are you acting like Hans Gruber? That'll make me laugh. Okay. So if you remember, he's the bad guy, and he in the scene where he dies, he falls out the window. Do you remember that? Yes. He said, "Look, guys, I'm willing to fall backwards." <laughs> Two stories. I'm willing to fall backwards two stories onto a stuntman mattress. So they said, well, Oh my God. I we'll think go. I know where this is going. Go. Yeah. Yeah. They said, we'll go one, two, three, and then we'll drop you. He said, okay. The director says, drop him after one. Holy shit. Yep. So when you see the shocked look on his face, that's it. So I'm sorry about that. What else? More feedback. No, that's, that's it. I, I got to I got to look that up. That's amazing. I got to see that scene. Where's the MacGuffin? So what's the story you heard about sensitivity? What did he remember what he said to the guy? To the uh... They're in a team meeting and they're all sitting down in their chairs with their notebooks out. Ben Johnson comes in and he says, who here... Uh, is sensitive, you said. Is sensitive. Who's never heard a coach say that? And Ben Johnson raises his hand. He's raising his hand. And he goes, who in this room is sensitive? And then he said, I've never heard a coach. I played high school football. It's sensitive. And he said, listen, we're trying to get you to play to a certain level. You have to be able to be coachable. If you're not coachable, we're going to stop coaching you. And you'll know because we'll stop talking to you. We'll stop directing our questions towards you. And if we stop coaching you, then you're going to sort of be lost. You have to let us teach you. You have to let us coach you. And I've even used that with my own son. You know, I've said that same thing. You go, you have to be able to be coachable so that we can help you grow. I don't disagree. Two things I want to say. One is, the way you're coached and two is the person who's doing the coaching. I love that we're going here because I talked in one of the episodes about the guy who got fired, Aubrey Pleasant. And I'm not saying he got fired for this. I'm not even necessarily saying anybody had an issue with it. It's me who had the issue. Okuda blows his assignment or, or apparently blows his assignment. First game of the season. I see Aubrey Pleasant in that guy's face, pointing his finger in his face. Now, if somebody's pointing a finger in my face, I don't want to play for them. If somebody says, I have a note for you, like we saw in Hard Knocks, Campbell says to Pimpleton, your best asset is your speed, because Pimpleton was like 5'7", maybe taller, but not much. He said, your best asset is your speed. Try to stay on the ground as much as you can. And that's all he said. Nobody's sticking their finger in my face. I just don't like people talking to me like that. I, I like being asked politely. I like asking politely. So I feel like coaching is heading that way when I hear Ben Johnson talk like this. You know, that is a part of football. It's a tough sport. The coaches are tough. It's a part of football the way when I was growing up, that's how coaches were. It was a part of the culture. They would get in your face. They would yell at you. They would grab. I remember being on a field, making a wrong play and, and going to the sideline and the coach, 
before I got to the sideline, grabbed my face mask and pulled it over to him and was sort of yelling at my yelling at me in my face while grabbing my face mask. I'm in high school. So that was that that was a part of football. I, it must it's probably changing now. My question to you is this. A, did you like it? I I have to really look deep down. I just knew that it was a part of the sport. You know, I didn't get, well, you know, like I, I was a little bit sensitive by it, from it, you know, but it was just a part of the sport and I just sort of went along with it. Okay. Did you want to play hard for the guy? <sighs> I'm going to answer this honestly. It was about my ego. You know, he attacked my ego, and then I was like, I'm going to show this guy. That's me. Everyone's different. You know, I just wanted to prove something after he did that. Attacking ego is what Patricia did. Now, you were Lions-free at this at this point. We had a star cornerback named Darius Slay. And I, I all I'm doing is quoting what I've heard multiple times. It's vile, according to me. Darius Slay, I think, was talking about some wide receivers that were hard to cover or, or, or some other cornerbacks that were really good, that he admired. And Patricia, this is soon after he's hired, this guy who, who berated a reporter for slouching, berated a, a reporter for slouching. Darius Slay saying this thing to the cornerbacks. Or, or, the, or about the wide receivers he admires something. And he walks up to him in front of these guys and says, how about you stop Is that okay, Dave? Is that a way to coach? No, that's coach? no. That's, that's awful. That's awful. How do you learn from people like that? How does your brain not seize up and say, I'm not listening to this, this guy? I know. It's tough. It's tough. That's, just, that's the way the sport, you know, I don't know if it's changed much. Honestly, Marshall. That's, well, that's, that's the other thing. You say you've got to be coachable, right? Yes. Okay. I'm not saying you're right and I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm, I'm going to pose a question to you. How do you know that the person who's coaching you is the coach for you? How do you know to listen to a person that yells at you and know that they have your best interests at heart? I guess you don't know. You just, to, to me... You know, I always thought it's a part of sports. It's a part of football. You got a coach that yells. He's kind of mean. He's a disciplinarian. You're, you're playing as a team. You're just one of the cogs. The question is, did you have a voice inside you saying, I don't like this? Signals. He's actually here. He's real. And he's on the line with us. This is Jason. And we have a few questions for him so he can introduce himself. Welcome, Jason. Thank you, Marshall. Happy to be here. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, Heather. Happy to get in here and uh, get started predicting some good football games. Heather, you want to start out? All right, Jason. Where does your love of football come from? Uh, I started as a sports fan when I was five years old, going to my first Detroit Tigers game, actually, 
we were losing the entire game and came back to win in the ninth inning. Wow, mm. nice. Don't ask me the score. I think it was four to three or five to four, but I remember it was a one-run uh, win, what we now call a walk-off, which we didn't call it that back then. What a feeling to like have as your first experience with sports, just sports in general or just baseball? No, that was my first game uh, in sports in general. Mm-hmm. But, man, I was hooked from there. Yeah. You told me a story about your math teacher <laughs> and getting to read the sports page in class. Why don't you share with our listeners what that's all about? So that was back in 1988, 10th grade. One of my good friends from Rochester, who had since moved to California, sent me a package in the mail. And he called me. He said, this is a game we were playing out here called Fantasy Football. Here's all the rules, and here's what you do. You got to play it. And uh, school starts. My first hour teacher was an algebra teacher. I'm talking about it with a friend, and he overhears us and says, I want in. So I made the deal with him that he could be in our Fantasy Football League if first hour on Mondays and Tuesdays, I could read the sports section and write down all the scores so that I could tabulate our fantasy football. And on Tuesdays after class, he would go and print the copies of the score sheets in the teacher's lounge so we could hand it out. So that was our deal for three years of high school. I mean, and that was what, two decades before fantasy football became really big. Am I right? That's correct. Amazing. We did it out of the sports section and on paper and handwritten scores for many years. I know that you're a medical intuitive and you're a psychic. Did you always have a sense about yourself? I never asked you this. I ran a sports card and memorabilia store down in Tampa, Florida. And we had a handful of regulars that would come in every day. And they would always ask me to pick when they bought packs of sports cards. They would always ask me to pick their pack for them. I remember that I would line out packs of cards of the same product and hold my hands over them until I felt like that's the pack you should open. This is the pack you should open. And they always hit great cards on the packs that I chose. That's amazing. And then I heard the story about your friend, Lisa. Yes. Where you where it was sort of proven to you that you were psychic. Uh, so my now wife, who I, I was dating at the time, is also a psychic medium, and she convinced me to go to a weekend-long psychic development class with her, with this other psychic medium named Lisa. And uh, I was the only only male, which is typical uh, now in this spiritual world. Except now I've got you, Marshall. So that's that's good to uh, have another male around. I agree. <laughs> She went around and asked us why we're all there, and she came to me, and I pointed to my girlfriend at the time and said, I'm just hanging out with her for the weekend. And Lisa uh, looked at me, got nose-to-nose with me, and said, don't fool yourself. You are the most psychic person in this room. I've been doing this for 50 years, and you'll know it by the end of the weekend. Wow. Yes. So we did all these exercises throughout the weekend And I remember the first one, she had us all close our eyes and handed us pieces of craft material and asked us several questions on uh, using our intuition and our feeling and our knowing to find out what color the piece of foam was. What's the first thing you see 
What do you smell? What do you taste? What do you hear? When she asked, what do you see? The first thing that came to my mind was the sun. What do you smell? I smelled uh, lemon Ajax. Uh, dish soap is what I smelled. What do you taste? My grandmother made these wonderful lemon lovely dessert bars as a child, and I tasted that. What do you hear? I heard the song Yellow Submarine by the Beatles. Mm. Finally, she asked us to open our eyes and look at our pieces of foam and see what color we had, and mine was yellow. Wow. That was the first experience with like, oh, wow. Well, was that a lucky guess or was this, is this real? Do I really have these abilities? And by the end of the weekend, I was completely mind blown and had no doubt that uh, I, there was something to this. Very cool. It is very cool. When you do this, are you going to use all your senses then? Is that how this works? <laughs> it's interesting because this will be my actual first time using these abilities picking games. I've always picked games using a very formulaic and statistical science that I've used for years. Uh, so I'm throwing that out the door for the first time ever. Okay, so what do you have going on about picking these NFL games, making these NFL picks this new way versus the old way? Well, Heather, I think it's kind of like anything else that uh, I come across now that I'm doing this spiritual work, the medical intuitive, all this intuitive work that I do on the side as an energy healer. I have to trust that what I'm getting is factual and not just my imagination, if you will. Uh, so trusting myself and trusting the images and flashes and, and words and sounds, however it comes, uh, just trusting it is going to be the biggest thing for me. Mm. Hopefully I'm even better uh, doing this this way than I was statistically. I'm mm. hoping for that as well. That'll be super neat. Yes, it would. So, and then next week we're going to do all the NFL end of season picks, like the playoffs and all that stuff. Perfect. I do have a question for you. What do you feel regarding synchronicity? Stories like David driving by his house and saying, that's the house I'm going to live in one day. And then sure enough, that's the house that he ends up buying. You know, I, I don't believe in coincidence. I think everything's meant to happen for a reason. So uh, I think synchronicities like that, they, they help guide us towards where we're supposed to be. Interesting. And do you have moments of synchronicity in your life? Anything you want to share? The way that I, I met Heather and then, then you as well. My goal as I move forward on my spiritual path is to also enjoy these things that I've always wanted to do. And one of them is to be on a podcast that is Lions based. Ooh. I want to say that I feel like it's synchronicity that you're on the podcast because I didn't think about having a, a guy calling games here, but it's exactly what this podcast needs. It's mm -hmm. exactly what it needs. And it's exactly my sensibilities, that sort of mystical atmosphere that we're going to create. It's exactly the kind of thing that I would like if I were an audience member. I'm going to be your audience member. You know, I, I want to be very clear that I've never done it this way before. However... I do have vast football knowledge, so of course there's going to be some knowledge that's buried in me that's going to inform some of these picks, even as I pick them psychically. 
I was wondering about that myself. Like, will they float into your consciousness? It, it's like, like if I quickly said to you, you know, San Francisco, New Orleans, there's probably a part of you that quickly says, well, San Francisco's a better team than New Orleans. Correct. But would you believe you said that? And yes, of course, as soon as I heard San Francisco, I'm like, well, they're going to beat just about anybody they play. You said New Orleans. I was instantly, the Saints would win that game. Oh, my Goodness, as Shirley Temple used to say, are they playing this season? <laughs> Let's look this up. That's a great question. Hold on. You know, I was just listening to you guys, and the thought came in. So we've talked about Lions football PTSD. Mm-hmm. While you're picking, if it's a Lions game, are you going to have to navigate through okay, your your analytical or your logical knowledge of football, your psychic abilities and your PTSD of being a Lions football fan? Um, I'm going to employ what I do when I, when I work on someone in my medical intuitive and intuitive healing practice, if I know things about them physically that they've decided to tell me before I told them not to tell me, I almost brainwash myself to forget everything that they've said. So that I'm not informed by thought. It's just instant. And I just go with what comes to me. Love it. And they are not playing each other. So, but they could in the playoffs, Jason. They could in the playoffs. We'll find out if you make that call next week. I was going to say, I'll tell you next week whether they will. Exactly. (laughs) And of course, you heard the introduction. What are there, 16 games a weekend? 15 games? Yep. If you go, you know, 12 out of 15 and you feel like you want to use the other name for your segment, please feel free. I definitely will. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, thanks for coming on. Can't wait till next week. I can't either. Thank you both so very much. Synchronicity. And I go, wow, I like that house. I'm going to live there one day. How many houses have you pointed to and inside yourself said, I'm going to live there one day? I've had instances of similar things like that, but not a house. You said there's been other instances of this. Well, my main question is, I want to hear about them. Pulling up at that house, I knew that was my house. I said, I'm going to live in that house. It just, it stood out. Any other episodes like that? Share them with us. Here we go. I'm not saying that's magical, but I'm just, it was just like things like that. Things like that. You didn't say thing. That Oh, that was the only time. So I want to know what the other ones are. Do you know what they are right now? Uh, I'm going to think about them. I'm going to think about it. I saw a sociologist in a documentary once say, if we can remember the past, there's no reason why we can't see the future. That's interesting. So how do you know you're not seeing a crack in the future? How do you know you're not getting a feeling of of the you that's going to be standing in that moment? You're going to be in that exact spot in a different moment in this one long moment of time. Because we've imposed, humans have imposed clocks on things. What if none of that existed? Life is just a moment. We're just moving through this moment. One moment. So couldn't you have overlapped with yourself? Couldn't you have had that feeling? It's fun to think about, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I read a story once. I'm not saying this is true, but it was fascinating. 
it could be true. This guy left his house and it was like one of those historical houses and he looked back and there was somebody in 1800s clothing looking back at him from the porch of his house. And he had already walked off to his driveway and they just kind of stared at each other. And then he kind of walked back to his house and the man disappeared. Those are fun stories. And they said it was a crack in time. Like the lake house with Sandra Bullock. Did you see the lake house? No, no. I know of it though. It's Sandra Bullock, Keanu Reeves. And it's basically what we're talking about. She moves into a house that he lived in earlier than she did. And they start writing each other letters and getting them in their post box when he goes out to get the mail every day. Wildness. And as you and I know, and I've had to, I, I took me to the edge of sanity and beyond to have to explain to people sometimes why I made the creative decisions I made, because uh, there's not really an answer for why did you pick the color green? I, I agree. I can make it up, but green's the color of spring, green's the color of golf, <laughs> green's the color of a tree, whatever the answer might be. Green's the color of uh, ocean water. I, I don't know. But the real answer that I've said to David, and I'm absolutely circle seeing this because I said I was just about I was just about to say circle seeing. You're not gonna snatch that from me. You did it before, you didn't wait to after. No, 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 no. You're like, I'm definitely circle seeing this. <laughs> this is the answer to the conundrum of what is it like to be creative for a living. When you're a creative professional, you are uneasy. Uh, wait, wait, let's start again. I just love I love this. I love it. When you are a creative professional, you are uneasy and you remain uneasy until everything goes in the place in the the creative content that it's supposed to be in where you go "Ah," and you stop being uneasy. And at that point, you're done. And that's the answer to all creative rationales that we used to have to write. The answer is, why did I use it? Because I was uneasy. And when I use that, I stop being uneasy. I relaxed. Let's just sit, let's just sit in this quiet for a minute. This is what I was going to say. I derailed you. No, I but I remembered. And I brought myself back. There was this. I keep leaning back from the mic. There was. This, I can hear you uh, well. Yeah, but do you hear the difference between this and this? Yes. Oh, you yes. do. See, see. So. There was this PBS documentary called The Creative Spirit. I bought the tie-in book. Still have it. It's worn out. It is wonderful. In fact, do you remember how I got rid of... (laughs) Oh, I'm going to bleep it. I'm going to bleep it. Do you remember how I got rid of that guy? (laughs) Yes. Yes. I never told you this, but this is the book where I got the idea. I'm going to screenshot that. And I'll put it up on our website because no one's going to know who we're talking about because I'm going to bleep it. (laughs) But I'll screenshot that. And then I'll also screenshot this. They had the guy who animated Bugs Bunny, Chuck something. Chuck. Chuck, uh, Yes. I, I used to know that by heart. The guy from Bugs Bunny is drawing this as I dictate what the text says. This is called the creative spirit. And this is from memory. An idea is like a golden thread, and a yes is nurturing it. 
It's just a soft wind, a gentle wind. But a no, and the guy from Bugs Bunny drew this, it's a monolithic thing. It's like concrete. And you drop that on an idea. When you make fun of someone's idea, when you belittle someone's idea, when you criticize someone's idea, when you're simply snide in any way about the fact that somebody else had creative input, you are crushing their creativity. You're a bully. You're a And you deserve... You deserve only the minimal amount of respect that every human being deserves. I would keep my distance from those people. Do you ever get small around me? I, I and I'm asking you because I don't. No, I want to make no. you feel comfortable. Okay. No, 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 no. Good. I could tell though when when you're excited about something, and I don't want to to, to extinguish your flame. You're excited about something. I was like, well, he's excited about that. Let's let's play this out. Let's see how it goes. Wisdom from Wesley. This is the sound of me laughing whenever I'm being tickled. <laughs> Why? Why? This has been Wisdom with Wesley. Just one more question. Okay, so my question is... David. Yes. When you were having this conversation with your ex-wife and she shared her memory of it, what did you go through comparing it to yours? Mm, what did wow. I go through? There's a movie called He Said, She Said. The movie starts with uh, the couple meeting, but you don't know if it's from the man's point of view or the woman's point of view. And then at some point, the movie changes and you see it from the woman's point of view instead of the man's point of view. It's a little bit different, but kind of the same. So that's what I, I, I felt like it's the truth is somewhere in the middle. Mm. I want to hear more, but you're saying you could have been abrupt and, and would have perceived it as being polite. No, I, I think we're both polite people, but I think I did it. I know I insisted she said they came back with more questions and I stuck to my gun. I was like, no, no, we're, we're done. Mm. So I think it's somewhere between those two. I don't think I was totally right. And I don't think she was, I think the truth is somewhere in between. But David, yes. Is it possible that you were very angry and not so loud? Yes. Yes. Yep. This one is uh, to Marshall. Oh, okay. Do you still have like a survival thing going on when you bring up these movie references or these music, art, whatever references you do? And if it's not coming from a survival place anymore, where are they coming from? What an interesting question. No, I don't have a survival thing anymore. It used to be that it was safer to feel other people's feelings than it was to feel my own. I was scared to feel my own feelings. It was like I was supposed to be only a certain way in a good mood. I related to the people in movies. Well, now I can feel my feelings here. It's safe. And it's safe, quite honestly, with my mom now. We've talked and she's very respectful about listening. So, no, it's not the same. And as a result, interestingly enough, I struggle to remember 
movie names now. My memory is sharp Ooh. and clear, but the names, David and I sometimes fish for the names. Mm. That's okay with me. The proper noun of it going along with the association is okay with me, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. David brought up a movie reference. He said, she said, and I sat there thinking, did he just watch every movie ever made just to catch up and show me what a competitor he is? (laughs) (laughs) But anyway. I was sitting there thinking that exact thing. How cool is it that I don't hear David talk about movie references that often? And I'm about to ask you about yours. Where did that come from, David? It was interesting to have her recall her memory of that day and i had my memory and i remember it was one of my favorite movies that you could see how women and men react to different situations uh there was this one scene where she had enough of him and she slammed a door on his face it was from his point of view later when she slammed the door she was leaning up against the door, crying. She didn't want to do it, but she had to do it, or whatever it was. And I was like, I was thinking about my ex and I. I was like, how are we viewing that moment? How differently? There was this show on Showtime called The Affair. The man and woman individually are talking to the police detective. You don't know what's happened, but they're telling a story of how they met and began an affair. And like when the man tells the story, the woman is a server in a restaurant. Her skirt is above her knee. And when the woman tells the same story, her skirt is far below her knee. I love that shit. I love different perspectives. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I highly recommend it. And I, I wish they had done that the entire series and they sort of tried to move away from that. But it was fucking fascinating. Amazing. It's fascinating. The way men and women read different situations. Human beings. There's where I go, human beings. Just human beings in general process life very differently. Yes. Don't you think the producers, don't you think they've seen that many, many times of people coughing or clearing their throat just to see if it gets on? Don't you think they know that? I don't. I don't. I think that is a, I don't think people come to the audience and think, I'm going to make some sort of noise to get on an episode of a sitcom. You really think that? I would, I would think, I would think to do that. I would go, wow. What if I, everyone's laughing and I'll do one more chuckle when everyone's done. You would have thought it. We should, if if we were doing this live, I would have you laugh and then at some point stop. And I would show you what I would do. (laughs) <laughs> I would laugh a little bit longer to see if my laugh got on. Oh, I see what you mean. You're demonstrating. Now you're demonstrating. Yes. Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, yours would have blended better. I thought if I make a noise, are they actually going to retake the scene? And they didn't. It didn't matter that I coughed. It didn't ma- All they had to do was say, let's retake it. I was not prepared to cough a second time, nor did I have any intention of coughing a second time. You'd think they'd have the technology just to sort of scrub that, don't you think? You would think. 
As you've heard, I'm the kind of guy who tends to keep a lot inside. But now that we have shit to grit, stuff I've been wanting to talk about for a long time is tumbling out of my mouth. That could happen to you too. Just start a podcast with Riverside.fm. Riverside.fm lets you do high quality podcasts right over the phone, complete with a live media board that can play music like we do. Start saying what you've been wanting to say today with Riverside.fm. Okay, let's get back to shit to grit. David, tell them what that promo code is for Riverside. Would you mind doing that? I, I don't mind at all. Uh, the promo code is LIONS, L I O N S. And how much will they save, David? How much? 15%. Yeah. 15%. I like this theme. Memento hypothesis. All I want you to do for this is listen. Next week, we'll talk about anything that came up. Is that fair? Sure. So at the end of this, you're going to play it, and then we're not speaking. You're just going to start playing the unless the, something natural unless something naturally comes up. Well, you know, something natural is going to come up, but hopefully not. Okay, go. Well, I've been in danger for sure. Uh, I worked at a tropical fish store that got robbed at gunpoint, you know, so I've been in danger. I've had a gun pulled on me. Okay, so stop right there. I said I'm trauma informed. If anybody gets upset by hearing a gun pulled on, on, on someone, we understand. Take a breath, wiggle your toes, feel your fingers. Let me ask you, in that moment, what did you feel? I I felt sort of out of body, like it was a dream. You know, I was a teenager and my job was to clean fish tanks. So I was coming from the back room and I went behind where the tanks were and in a store that was normally crowded and noise, all of a sudden went very quiet. Like I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear a sound. So I walked from behind the back from where all the tanks were, where I could service them, to the front of the store. When I got to the front of the store, I startled the two guys who were robbing the store. And the guy turned, had the gun on me, and he said, get on the floor, lay down on the floor. And I remember not remembering anything. I just remember just sitting, like, I just sat down. And then the, the guy goes, I want everyone's wallet. And people were laying belly first on the floor, but I was sitting on, you know, cause I was just, that's all, I just sat. And um, the guy goes, give me your wallet. And I was sitting on my wallet and I just couldn't even move. And, and he just sort of went in my back pocket, grabbed my wallet, and then they were gone. That was it. So you were frozen in shock. Yeah, I was frozen. Yep. Okay. By the way, everybody take a breath. Got to remind everybody, breathe, wiggle your toes, because, like, this can this can bring it back, you know, and I want everybody to feel safe on the show. But I'm into this story. You noticed a peculiarly silent store. Isn't that interesting? What did you make of that? Did your spidey sense go off? The store was always crowded and and always had noises in it and you could hear the uh, the door opening there were like bells on the door so when you would open it they would jingle or whatever and they would i heard none of that it was just quiet and then when i walked from behind the tanks to the front of the store 
everyone was just on the floor. And I walked right into one of the uh, guys who was robbing the store and he had a mask on and his gun was out. Everything was going in slow motion, but uh, after I talked to the owner of the store, he said, I think it lasted all of 30 seconds. But in your memory, it feels like much longer. Yeah, everything just slowed down. When the detectives were taking our statements, we each gave a statement. I listened to the owner. He was like, yeah, they were out so fast. And I was like, wow, that's not the way it felt for me. It felt like forever. I do remember the owner saying, here's someone who's dressed for the weather. What he meant by that was they walked in wearing ski masks and it was cold out, but they had ski masks on. So the owner goes, oh, look at these two guys. He says out loud, here's two guys that are dressed for the weather, but they were coming to rob the store. You felt that eerie silence. You felt something was wrong. I remember the people talking and then I remember nothing just the the store owner had he had the radio going very like a jazz station low all I could hear was the music I could hear no one talking I just heard noise kind of like people coming in and out in and out it was around um New Year's yeah it was like before New Year's like around before New Year's Eve or whatever just a lot and then you could hear the radio going, but you could hear people talking and walking. And then all of a sudden, I just heard the radio and no walking and no talking. When I when I said, say I heard the radio, the radio was always down really low. You could just barely hear it, you know. But when this happened, I, that's all I could hear was the radio. My heart is beating fast just listening to it. That's honest. Okay, well, we're going to hear more about that on the next episode. Last roar. When many of my friends were out playing baseball, I would convince some of my friends to come make cassette recordings, cassette plays. Here are two of my friends. You're doing the thing that I did in the same body a while ago and it feels great i love making these podcasts with you i love it i could i like it too it's fun i'm having a good time so that's that so I, i'm doing that too here we go when we hang up i let me speak for myself when i hang up with david you know how sometimes you feel drained when you're with another person they may be your friend they may be with your family you may be close with them but when you go out and hang out with them and you come home you're like i have less energy than i did when i went out yes yep but when I spend time with you, Dave, I always feel more for the experience. And I can only say that about a very few people. Oh, that's cool. Did you ever think you'd have your own podcast? No. No, I did not. Open up your mind. Open up your mind. Shit to Grit is produced by David and Marshall and edited by Marshall. Thank you to Pixabay artists Amoxi, Miyagi-sama, 246-31838, Top Secret Music Network, and Music Town. All other music is composed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.